Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. church I'm sure for you personally it's been an historic year for our church Uh, all the changes that have happened and how good has God been how united is our hearts it's just incredible what God has done um, in us through us what God is doing what he's going to do and and we can't wait we can't wait um, what is going to unfold in 2024 uh, in the church and in your lives uh, so I know that today that most of you, that we have a small group of staff here today, but most of us are watching online on some sort of screen today, and so we're going to keep it a bit shorter today, okay? So hold me accountable, we're going to go shorter today. Uh, so look, a few weeks ago, my husband shared uh, a story about a fight that we had about Christmas lights, and so I wanted to set the record straight, give my side of the story today. So earlier in December, uh, we got a Christmas tree and the first thing we, you do with a Christmas tree is put the lights on. And so I get the lights out and they look good. They looked neat. They looked tidy. They were all wrapped around a piece of cardboard, okay, just like it's supposed to be. But when I take it out and I get started, I notice that something's wrong and I untwirl it like two times and then it goes into the middle of of the, of the pack. I'm like, okay, maybe it's my fault. I'll check the other side. So I check the other side, untwirl that a couple of times, and that also goes into the middle. So I'm like, what's going on? What's going on with this, with this pack? Now, it's a, it's a set of 800 lights, all right? So it is a big, it's a serious set of lights. And so I'm untwirling these lights, and, and it's not working. I can't untangle them. I can't get any end out of the pack. And so... My husband, who says he feels sick, and I'm not saying he's not sick, but he took some Panadol and he lies on the couch in the living room. Now, I said to him, you know, if you're sick, honey, sweetie, go to the bedroom, you know? But he chose, he's like, no, no, I'm just going to stay here in the public domain where I am doing the Christmas tree. And so I'm starting to get a bit panicked. Is there something about fairy lights that just brings, that just makes you feel furious? I don't know what it is. But I, I don't know if you've experienced this before, but, but I'm just like starting to panic. And so I yell at him while he's like sleeping. And I'm like, what did you do to these lights? Because I know, and he knows, he's the one who packed them away last year. And so this poor sick man gets up and for the next hour or so, we are trying to figure out how these two ends are connected to the middle how these two ends are connected to this mess. And, you know, we had to untangle the whole middle before the ends were revealed. It took ages. Now, it looked like Jace did everything right, but it still ended up a mess. And how many of us know that in life, sometimes we can do, we think we're doing everything right, and yet life can still end up a bit of a mess, yeah? Life can still end up a little bit tangled and we can't see where the end, what the end is going to look like. Now, I know that in 2023, 
that I'm sure that you have experienced the goodness of God. I'm sure that you've seen prayers answered, that you have seen uh, God you know, just bring breakthroughs and encounter you, and you've made great memories. But I also know that for the majority of us, we have also experienced some pain. We've also experienced some failure, some disappointment. Maybe your year has ended and, and you can reflect on closed doors. Maybe your year's ending and there's some things you thought would be resolved, some relationships, some problems, maybe some gaps in your life and you thought it would be fixed by now, but it's not. And you're ending the year with things unresolved. And so for the short time that we have to, together today, I wanted to talk on the topic, the title, I don't need closure. I don't need closure. And I want to remind us of a truth today that, not, that we, have, we serve a God that is not only the God of, of new beginnings, but a God that also orchestrates endings and, and losses. <laughs> now, I've preached on something similar, but I'm going to go a bit of a different way today. You see, if, we don't, if we're not careful, if we don't really understand this truth, we don't understand it, we can start crediting something to the devil that God himself was part of. And sometimes when we go through um, bad things, bad times, God's actually saying, hey, that wasn't rejection, or that wasn't just rejection, that was protection. That wasn't just rejection, that was actually my direction for your life. That wasn't a breakup, that was a breakthrough. That wasn't the devil, that was me. He can be saying that. And the thing about life is that it is lived forward, but it is only understood backwards. Yeah, and so we can be in the middle of something and we're calling it one thing. We're calling it um, the worst time of my life or this is the worst, you know, this is, um, you know, this is the worst. But then years later, we're going to be calling it something else. We're going to be saying, hey, that was my turning point. That was, that was the, the, the thing that just changed my life. That was my biggest breakthrough. And so we must then accept these endings and these loss, losses without explanation because while we're in it, we don't see what it is. We don't know what it is. And so I want to uh, speak today on how do we finish this year with great faith? Because who wants to finish this year with great faith? I know I do. But how do we do that when we're right in the middle of unresolved things? When we're right in the middle of roadblocks and, and things, we just can't see the end. We can't see how it's all going to turn out. And so we're going to look at the life of Job today from the Bible because his life is like this whole teaching lesson on what do we do for those seasons where, you know, we can't immediately see the end. We can't see God's purpose in it. We can't even see God's hand in it. And so the thing that God is trying to develop in us is that we would develop a kind of trust that is present because understanding is absent. Do you understand? That he wants to develop a trust that we have for him that's not dependent on having all the answers and that, because that's not true faith. The mark of true faith is being able to step out, step out in faith without all the answers and still trust in God. So let's start in Job 1, verse 1. It says, In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright, and he feared God and he shunned evil. Now, he wasn't perfect, <laughs> but he was mature. That's what it's saying. Okay, now it seems like a pretty good resume to me. He seems like a pretty good guy. Now, what, what's about to happen is that 
um, the angels are about to come before God. The heavenly council is about to gather before God and have a meeting with God. And along with them comes Satan. Now, some people believe that Satan uh, was a gate crasher, that he wasn't meant to be there. But some scholars actually believe that he was part of the heavenly council. Okay, stick with me because this might sound a bit much, but Satan means opponent, it means adversary, it means enemy. Now think about this. In any good government, there is an opposition and there is a ruling party. Yeah, and and the whole uh, role of the opposition is that they're they're devoted to bringing down the government. But in doing their role, they actually serve to make the government better. Yeah, then, then if there was a government that had no opposition, like in countries that have tyrannies, right? And so either way, whether we believe that or not, what we do know is that Satan is about to oppose Job, but he's about to do it in such a way that actually serves the purposes of God. And the thing about Satan is he wants us to be ignorant. He wants us to think that he is more powerful than he is, but he is subject to God. And, and God uses him to accomplish his purposes. As Martin Luther puts it, he says, even the devil is God's devil. I love that. He is God's devil. And so God rules over him. And that is a maybe a hard truth to fathom, but it's also comforting, isn't it? It's comforting to know that no matter what evil that we encounter, that God already has a redemptive plan to turn that whole thing around for our good and his glory. And so that's what we know. Now, going into verse 7, Satan's before God, and, he, and say, the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? What have you been up to? Like so, Satan answered the Lord, I've been roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, get this, have you considered my servant Job? Have you been thinking about Job? Wait a sec. He just said that he's a good guy. He's blameless and upright. Now he's bringing up his name and Satan is about to now, we swapping? Sorry, we're just having some issues with our mics today. So he brings up his name and Satan is about to now make him the object and the God thinks are no good, but no, that isn't God's way. In fact, what this story is about to reveal is that God's highest level of trust is when he trusts you with trouble. He trusts you with trouble. And God trusted Job, and he's saying, you can't break him. He won't lose me. Try him. You know, in verse 9 it says, uh, Satan replies to God and says, yeah, well, he trusts you. He he has good reason to fear you, he says, because you've always put a hedge of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. Reach out and take away everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Now, it's interesting because Satan, uh, God doesn't tell Satan about the hedge of protection. So how does Satan know about the hedge of protection unless Satan tried to get to him and he couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, often we complain about the troubles that we face. 
But every now and then, I think we need to give praise to God for the hedge of protection that meant we didn't face. We didn't face that accident. We didn't, we didn't get sick that time. God was protecting us. God was protecting our family. So thank God for the hedge of protection over our life. So in verse 12, God says, well, all right, you may test him. And the Lord said to Satan, do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So here again, we're seeing God's sovereignty in the suffering. God is setting the boundaries of what Satan is allowed to touch in his life. And so it happens. Everything that Job has is taken. His oxen, his camels, his sheep, all all taken. His servants, all killed. And then the last... The, the last straw was that a wind came and knocked, destroyed his home and killed his sons and daughters. Everything he had was taken. And, and here we see one strategy of the enemy, back-to-back blows, back-to-back blows. Have you ever been through a season where bad things were just happening nonstop, right on the back of each other? You see, Satan is persistent because his intent is to wear us out. It is to wear us out so he can take us out. How many of you today would maybe say, I'm feeling a little worn down? Maybe you would say, I'm finishing the year and, and, and my faith is just a little bit fragile. It's not as strong as it was a year ago or two years ago. And you know what Job went through? It would have broken the average person. And not because they're weak, but because they're human. And in fact, he grieves in, in verse 20. Job stood up and he tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and he fell to the ground in worship. You know, as we grieve our failures and our losses, the question is not, is it good? The question is, is God good? Is God good? He still worshipped God. And as long as God is good in the midst of our suffering, as long as God is good in the midst of our pain, then we need to open our mouth and praise and bless the name of the Lord. Because we're not praising, we're not praising our circumstances. We are praising God. And no matter how we feel, no matter what has happened, He is good and we bless the name of the Lord. Now, do you know that when we do this, Satan is never happy. (laughs) When we worship in the midst of our grief and our pain and our disappointment, when we keep worshiping, he's not happy. He's not happy. He wants us to get weary. He wants us to be disappointed. He wants us to be bitter so that we will curse God, not worship God. And so he goes back to God and he asks to go further. He asks, can I proceed further? He says, reach out, take his health and he will surely curse you. God grants it. And then in verse 7, it says, Satan struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Blow upon blow upon blow. This poor man, even his wife now is ready to curse God. You see, when the pressure comes, we can often say things we don't mean. And in his wife, she opens her mouth and instead of blessing the name of the Lord, she begins to speak the desires of the enemy. And we've got to be really careful in seasons of pain, what comes out of our mouth. She says, she says in uh, verse 9, are you still maintaining your integrity? Just curse God and die. But Job replied in verse 10, you talk like a foolish woman. <laughs> Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. And it reminds me of of the faith of the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these young, young men who were told to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. And, uh, and if they did, then they were going to be burned alive in a fiery furnace. 
In verse uh, 17, in, in chapter 3 of Daniel, it says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, this is what they say, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods. They said, God is able God is able to deliver us, but even if he does not, we will not bow down. What I love is that they allowed room for God to be God in their faith stance. They didn't have presumptuous faith. They didn't presume how things would end. They knew God was able, but they left the result to God. You know, presumptuous faith is a faith that assumes to know. And and that's assuming that faith is a formula or faith is uh, a conditional. If I obey God, if I'm good, then God will heal me or God will give me a good life. No, that's trying to earn the favor of God. That is bargaining with God. That is not true faith. So we cannot presume to know God's will. Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9 A good reminder today, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, the Lord says, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So as we face the the fiery trials of life, we are called to have a faith that says, I know you can, but even if he doesn't. I know he he is able, I know he can deliver me, but even if he doesn't, My heart, I will still praise the name of the Lord. I will not bow down. I will not, I will not give up on my Lord. But we cannot figure out God. And in chapter three, Job is now sobbing like a child before God. He's like, God, why was I ever born? He's in pain and the pain is, and the intensity of it is is starting to crush him. He's really losing heart. And in the garden, um, is like what Jesus faced before he went to the cross. And he, he cries out to his father. He says, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Jesus, he trusted God, even if the suffering wasn't to be taken from him. Can you trust God like that? Can you trust God like that? in your circumstances, even if he works in a way that you don't expect, can you trust God? You know, in the next chapters, Job is now trying to find God in the midst of his suffering. Um, He's longing for answers from God. He wants to know why all of this is happening. and, And what he finds is that God is silent. God is silent. And it's not until chapter 38 that God speaks. And God doesn't give him the answers he's looking for. Instead, he says, he starts, he asks questions back to Job. And he says, well, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? He says, who keeps the seas in their boundaries? He says, have you ever commanded the morning to rise? You know, do you know when the mountain goats are about to give birth? And he displays in, in these questions, in these chapters, both his majestic power, but also his intimate awareness of all of life's happenings, big and small. And Job is just left speechless. And in in chapter 42, verse 4, he says, Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. 
You see, Job didn't need an explanation from God. What he needed was a revelation of God. And when he had a revelation of the greatness of God, when he had a revelation of the intimacy and the goodness of God, he was, was then able to humble himself in silent submission and trust God. You know, Charles Spurgeon, he, he says this, he once said this, he says he's a preacher from um, the last centuries. He said, God is too good to be unkind and he is too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. And this is what Job had to do. When he couldn't understand the hand of God, he had to then trust the heart of God. Find yourself today. You know, I remember in 2013, um, I went through a season of long suffering. I had blows coming back to back in every area of my life. I had, I had health troubles. I had relationship troubles. I had um, ministry and work troubles. And um, I couldn't fix it. Now, I'm a fix-it person, and I couldn't fix it. And I, so many times, I was crying out to God, saying, God, just let this pass. Make it stop. I know you can, God. I know you can. Please make it stop. And for so long, I was wondering, why me, God? Why am I going through all these things? And, I, and I, everywhere I turned, where I tried to get help, there was no help for me. There was no help, and I felt so alone. You know, this season lasted three years, three years. And, and through the whole time, the only thing that I heard God tell me was to stay and outlast it. Not very comforting, <laughs> not very comforting. And but I did it. I, I obeyed and I stayed. And do you know that even when the season passed, I still struggled to move on because I didn't understand why God did that have to happen to me? Why did I, I needed closure. I, I, I needed to understand so that I could move on. So years after it had passed, I remember I was speaking to a counsellor. And I remember after walking away from this conversation with this older, very wise man, I walked away going, knowing why doesn't change anything. And sometimes there is no answer that can satisfy or can, that can take away the pain that you went through. And so it was at that point that I had to make a shift. And maybe you need to make that shift today. I had to make a shift to move away by being controlled by what I didn't know and start living by what I did know. You see, I don't know why God let you cry. But I do know that he'll wipe away every tear. I don't know why he let your heart get broken. But I do know that he heals the brokenhearted. I don't know why um, he let you suffer. But I do know that you are a child of God and that he will never forsake you. I don't know how long this season will last, but what I do know is that after this trial has ended, that you can come out like gold. You know, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In, in, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. You know, as I close, aren't you grateful that Job's story doesn't end in tragedy? It doesn't. It says in, in 42.12, it said, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. You see, 
God is the one who writes the last chapter. No matter what evil has come or how you've been touched by, by pain and tragedy, God writes the last chapter and nothing can stop the purposes of God. That just takes the pressure off a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, that we can rest, that we can have peace knowing it's His job to connect the middle to the end. That He will make our paths straight. So no matter what you have gone through, no matter what you are walking into, no matter what, what desire you have hidden in your heart as you walk into 2024, we can know that my God is able. I know He can. But even if God works in a way that you don't expect, we know that our God of infinitely more than we ask, think or imagine, our God whose ways are higher than our ways, that He already has a plan to turn that whole thing around. He is ready to turn it into good and for His glory. We're going to close in a moment. But would you let me pray for you today? Thank you, God. God, I pray that you reach into every life in every home. Lord, help us to let go of the losses that we don't have answers for, that it wouldn't stop us from moving into your purposes in 2024. Help us to move into the future with great faith, great faith that says, I know you can, but even if you don't, even if you don't, I will praise you. Even if you don't, I will not bow down. I will not give up. God, give us a trust that is present because our understanding is absent. For those that are struggling, God, they're struggling because they don't have the answers they're seeking. God, I pray that they would throw themselves onto your goodness and your grace. Lord, we thank you that you have gone before us that you follow behind us and that you will make our paths straight. There is no one like you and you are worthy of all the honour and all the glory. We pray that our lives would reflect that and would give glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.